0: So I was thinking, how do we strive for impact? That's why I explore with my guest, Melissa T. Le, social entrepreneur and creator of Strive With Me, a personal development publication. We discuss how to make an impact on community, diving through Melissa's time in the Philly and Jersey startup space, why she started Strive and its impact, and how others can be ruthless about the impact the outside world has on their own happiness. Can't wait to get started. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Melissa, how are you doing?
1: I am doing well. Things have been pretty busy here, but you know, I'm learning to be very present. I think that can be a, a little bit more of a challenge when you're going through a lot of life changes. But yeah, how about you? How are you really doing?
0: How am I really doing? I guess right now, I'm I'm doing all right. Obviously, with the, the state of the world, we're recording this right now, you know, around election time, uh, you know, so there's a lot of different things going on in politically, yeah, a yes. lot of things going on in the world. But I think I'm also just trying to find peace with myself and kind of you know, savor that bit, um, and just find my inner peace and make sure that I'm okay, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, stuff like that. So, so yeah,
1: I, I really appreciate how self aware you are, because I think that in the past, in this last administration, I think a lot of people are now aware of how important it is for mental health. And being able to take time to be like, well, like, Yes, be informed of what's going on and and be an active citizen of whatever country you're part of and whatever community you're a part of and working out with. Um, but it's also important to like take care of yourself as well as much as you take care of your friends, your family, your partner, the world and things like that.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I think it's interesting you actually talk about community. I know one of the first questions I had, you know, Mm -hmm. when kind of looking through your resume and going through just your LinkedIn page, you know, you've been a community manager at a couple of different institutions, organizations, also seems that, you know, just going through, you know, Strive With Me and everything, you know, that you're about there, you're also about community uh, or at least you also talk about community uh, a lot there. So I'd love to get your perspective on why community is important to you, and you know, just kind of why you believe it's one of the best mediums to make an impact.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question and and thank you for the interest and in research. For me, people are very important, and I'm really passionate about helping people. So being able to help them connect with other people, access resources and opportunities that they may not, have access to beforehand um, is the power of community and what community is all about. Right. And it's amazing to see the capacity of what people can achieve through human connection, through communicating shared values and purpose and being able to connect with one another in a very genuine and authentic way. And so for me, community has always been about bringing people together, facilitating conversations that need to happen. I think that now we're realizing that, you know, a lot of conversation that has been pushed under the rug for so long, like we need to have them and and being able to be vulnerable and, and connect with another human being and understanding what they're learning about. All the, all the similarities that one has, as well as all the differences and celebrating the diversity of both is is what I'm really excited about with all the communities that I'm able to be a part of and, and help facilitate.
0: Interesting that you talk about the conversations, yeah. you know, within communities, but also probably between different communities, right? And mm-hmm. especially now, you know, with the election going on with kind of just the political climate we're in right now. And I think it's, like you said, now more than ever, there's a lot of conversations that need to happen. It's funny that that I don't know, that interaction between conversations and, and community. It's not just about the conversations we're having here, but also the conversations mm-hmm. with people that people are having with themselves. Mm-hmm. I think those are, especially this year for me, at least personally, I don't know if you'd like to share just some of your thoughts, but there have been some interesting conversations I've had to sit down and literally, you know, if it's writing it out or, or mm-hmm. even just saying out loud, like, why am I feeling this way? I think that's important as well. So, so yeah, it's just interesting that you bring that up.
1: Yeah, I just want to take a moment to celebrate your level of self-awareness. I feel like that level of deep reflection, which I personally love doing um, by myself with other people, in front of other people, as we're having these kind of conversations, it, it's very intimidating for a lot of people. And it's intimidating because you're confronting parts of yourself that maybe you haven't processed. Maybe you haven't acknowledged, maybe you had no idea existed within yourself. Maybe you had like traumatic experiences that you're kind of unearthing, right? Yeah. And so a lot of those conversations, I personally love having uncomfortable conversations with people and, and seeing how they react and being able to like work to Make it a little bit more comfortable for them, whether it's about anti-racism, whether it's about like struggles in the workplace and imposter syndrome, anxiety, depression, all these things about mental health, even sex education. Right. And we've had conversations about that. And so I think that it's so important for us to not only have them with other people, but hold that space to have them with ourselves. Like I carry around so many of these like uh, green books that like I filled with questions I want to ask myself, topics I want to explore, whether it's inspired from a conversation I had with my partner or someone else, whether like I saw something on TV and it triggered a thought that I want to like sit with. But I think being able to ask ourselves those questions and Creating a safe space for us to explore and taking the time to unpack those layers allows us to really understand ourselves better, understand our triggers and how we interact with the world, whether it's whether we're really proud of how we interact with other people or we're not so proud of that, and and really understand how we're feeling. I think a lot of us, especially now with younger generations, and, and I've been through this where I was like, oh, I don't have feelings. Like, no, like... <laughs> Like, no, I don't have feelings, whether it's romantic, whether it's intimate, whether it's like emotional, like, no, right? And then another layer is as, as a woman and a woman of color, being too expressive in your emotions is a, oh. can be a problem, whether you're too emotional to be a leader, whether you're like all these things, we're not like, you know what I mean? And in reality, emotions are a beautiful thing. They're what connect us to one another. They're what connect us to ourselves and our family and our loved ones. It is how we manage them is I feel like what a lot of people struggle with and that piece that they're unable to achieve because they can't, they're not aware of what triggers them. They can't control their reactions and they're not able to regulate their emotions and understand why it keeps coming up.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really important part. I know for me, you know, getting into just kind of race and and also culture and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even a little bit of, of just gender as, as being a male, black male. We're taught really, or at least mm-hmm. I was taught from a very early age of hiding emotions to, to the public. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can think about various conversations I've had with both my mom and also my brother um, and other male figures in my life where it was just kind of like, don't cry, you know, like, yeah. you know, don't, don't show those emotions. And then, you know, kind of just one day I realized like sometimes you just need to get those emotions out. You know whether it is a sad emotion, yeah. You know whether it's a sad emotion, whether it's joy, whether it's pain. You know if you bottle it up, it manifests itself in very strange Mm -hmm. and interesting ways, which are usually Mm -hmm. not beneficial. You know Mm -hmm. for for anyone, yourself, or you know partners or family members. So Mm -hmm. that's that's something I a journey I've been on recently Mm
1: -hmm. and still
0: am on, and so it's interesting that you bring that up.
1: I I just want to add into that is that. It's so fascinating because uh, I'm a student of psychology and I love like personal development. I'm a huge personal development nerd, and have and and that confrontation and that pushback by your community saying like no no no, you were taught this. Please conform. Like you're making us uncomfortable kind of because you're not fitting the the gender norm, the the norm in your culture and community. And that is usually how people continue to conform and and go along with things that they don't believe are right. And that compounds over time as an individual, right? You're taught that you're like, you know, like I, I shouldn't act outside of how I am told to act. And as a group, more people do that. That is how our country gets to where it is because so many people are conforming for so long to push things under the rug, to not talk about things, to not address the pain, the trauma, of of generations and and centuries of of really horrible things, right? And a- another thing is similar to you. I've also gone through that experience of like like the lesson really in the last year of like okay, like how can I just sit with my emotions and what are my emotions telling me? Like like my emotions are a part of me, and and I'm pivoting my relationship with them as I see them more as friends and, and they're trying to protect me. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. like, let's take fear as an example. I'm fearful. I'm anxious about something. Why is that? What is my fear trying to protect me from? Am I anxious about asking for a raise? Like, why is that? Oh, it's trying to protect me from rejection because I feel like I'm not good enough for this. And if I ask that risks job security, and all these different things i'm anxious about a date for example because i'm scared that you know like as a woman like safety is a really big thing that i think all genders should really take into consideration of how how they can feel safe and how they can make their their partner like romantic or not like feel safe and until you're able to sit and really be present in the quote unquote, negative emotions, because we like to label like sadness, depression, anxiety, oh, those are bad things, you shouldn't feel that, right? There's their emotions, right? There's there's no there shouldn't be any judgment with how you feel. I've learned that until I can sit with not feeling my best, not feeling great, not feeling my happy chipper self that I typically am and people enjoy and they give me feedback that they like Mm -hmm. that until I'm able to sit with that, I can't sit and enjoy the joy, the happiness, like the high points. And that's something that I went, like, I had to sit with my low points and low point emotions in the last year. And now I'm processing, how do I embrace joy? How do I learn to continue to enjoy the excitement and happiness that I am experiencing how can I appreciate that for myself? Because like, for me, I realized that I wasn't allowing myself to be happy in certain aspects of my life. And I was like, why was that? I wanted this for so long. Why, why do I feel like there's this barrier? Sorry to go off on a tangent. There. Yeah,
0: that, I mean, that's not a tangent. I think, I think that's spot on in, in terms of you talk about sitting with your emotions and, and, and enjoying yeah. them in by sitting with them, you know, even the ones that you, like you would said quote unquote negative ones, it allows us Mm -hmm. to get to the other ones of happiness and and joy, uh, which I Mm -hmm. think is especially very important in in these times uh, right now. I I guess, you know, switching gears a little bit, but I, Mm -hmm. I think it's in a similar theme because, you know, you talk about confronting and conforming even. I'd love to get, you know, your take on your experience as a community manager. I, I know you worked at uh, a big Philadelphia organization. I don't know if you want to mm-hmm. say them on the podcast, um, but, but as well as a, a couple other, uh, you know, tech startup accelerators, you, you worked at, mm-hmm. um, you know, a co-working space, you co-founded a co-working mm-hmm. space, uh, you know, within the Philadelphia, Camden, uh, New Jersey area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to get your take on, you know for you being in those spaces uh where they've been traditionally homogeneous, you know where you have one type of person, like I say startup, and mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone who's listening you know an image popped in their head just now of who mm-hmm. that kind of person is um mm-hmm. so I'd love to get your take on on being there and possibly have to deal with you know the the conformity that can be in place in, in a situation like that as well as confronting uh you know misconceptions and also i guess just just uh the status quo
1: yeah so so thank you for that question and i do my best to unpack it a little bit so for me i've i've been very fortunate to work in a lot of really great organizations and team and for myself as a diversity equity and and inclusion advocate and as as a woman of color who's gone through this journey to learn and accept my culture as a Vietnamese American, as an Asian American living on the East Coast, Northeastern area, it was quite a journey. And so for me to work in these communities and hold titles like co-founder, community manager, and navigate these spaces, I had to be very mindful of the position I was in, the authority I had and didn't have, and the voices that I had the opportunity to amplify. And so in a lot of these places, coming in, there were pockets of people that were like, No, you don't, you're not like us. And I'm like, that's sure by your by these measurements that you qualify me as you're right i don't but i could tell you that by these qualities that we also share we're a lot alike so i think that it's about how you how you connect with people right because in a startup space like when you think of like a founder right especially in tech startups like you think of a late 20s early early thirties, white, tall, cis man. And there were, there are a lot of them that are very successful. And there are a lot of them that were, are not. And so for me as like a five foot two Asian American woman, who's like super tiny, but like have a big voice and like running around. It was like, hey, you need to meet these people. Like, hi, like, what are you working on? And asking all these deep questions. People are like, whoa, what, what, what the F? <laughs> um, and and I and and that's what makes it human because like that right there right like made you laugh and was like oh this this chick is down like she's cool and she's real and then people are like you know not you're just a human being and I'm a human being and I was like yeah we're all human beings let's let's work on something together do you do you want to achieve your goals because I want to help you you want to do something and so it's it's about finding the commonalities and I will say in the greater Philadelphia area. There is a lot of diversity. So I grew up in, a, uh, so I was born in Camden, grew up in Atlantic City and, and was able to like work in New York and uh, throughout Jersey and, and Philadelphia. There is a lot of diversity. And I think that it's what you, it's how you filter your world. If you only want to see mm-hmm. like
0: mm-hmm. certain
1: types of people, you will find your tribe. But if you want to find divert, like like a well mix of people who like you know are doing so many great things, there's so much of that. And and I think if you look into the economic development, which was a space I was in, Philly is in a, a prime location for so much attraction of diversity from all over the world. So if you're looking for like whether it's culture, race, um, world experiences, like the greater Philadelphia has that. But it's really yeah. up to you and how you look and what you want to attract. And I yeah. think that if anything, people need to just venture outside their their comfort zone or their zip code, really, to learn what's out there and and see that all the things that they want in like New York and Silicon Valley and and, and London, like there are like flavors of that here. Yeah, that doesn't mean to stay here and and only stay here for the rest of your life, but like really go out and like sample the world and and see how you can contribute to your your local area that's what you want.
0: I like to personally say, like any city you're trying to get that kind of vibe, like DC, New York, I think Mm -hmm. you can really find it in in Philly. You just have to try, Mm -hmm. personally. That's, I I, I believe that. I think going off of that though, as well, I think it's really important, you know, what you talked about in terms of going back to community of, you know, you want to be a part of a community, you want to be a part of something, like you have to put in the work to be a part of yeah. that, you have to put the inputs in to get the outputs out.
1: And and, and this is kind of uh, the, the founder side and community leader side of me. But like, if you can't find that here, right, start it. Like, I, like you're not the only one. I think that one of the biggest lessons I've learned building Strive, uh, building all the communities that I'm part of, like just like growing up as a human being is that you are not alone in how you feel. And what you think is missing, if you're, if that's what you're feeling, if you feel like something's missing, you're like, I really would love to see this happen, whether it's in Philadelphia or or in yourself or wherever. Do something about it, and you will find people if you look hard enough, and if you explore outside your your comfort zone, your zip code, your typical crowd. Right, like I've seen people that like grow up. Like, hung out with the same people their whole life. And I was like, oh my God, like, I never want to do that. Like, when I went to college at Montclair State, like, I was like, I want to go to where, like, I don't know nobody. I don't want to go to college with the same people I went to high school yeah. with. Like, that's not what college for me was. But for some people, it's like, I just want to be with my friends and hang out with them. I was like, that's great. Congratulations. I hope you do that. Cause that's not for me. And that's always cool. And we're all, that's, that's, that's my jam and that's your peanut butter. And, and, whatever it is you're missing, you will find people that are interested in the same thing. Like, I'm sure, like, you've been a part of organizations. organization. You're like, holy cow, I didn't know this many people was into chess. Or I didn't know this many people was into, like, Dungeons and Dragons. Or I didn't know other people were, you know, into esports. And now it's, like, a multi, multi-million yeah. dollar, billion dollar and And then yeah. all you saw of, like, people in esports were, like, people, like, playing games in the dark in their basement. But that's not true. Yeah. And I think that once you're able to be conscious of your filters, be conscious of who you surround yourself with. And if that's limiting you or like helping you reach your goal and, and what it is and all these misconceptions and assumptions a lot of us make, you'll be able to free yourself from those restraints and explore not only who you are and who you want to be, but really what your local community, your, your city, the world has to offer. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people are so comfortable in their comfort zone. They don't want to put in the effort, but I am very glad that you did because we wouldn't be here if you didn't do that work.
0: Well, th- well thank you. Again, thank you for being on. And, and you know, thank of you for course. the conversation. I think, um, you know, it's, we, we've talked about so many different things. So, you know, I'm like, you start your own community after uh, you know, working as a community manager after uh, you know, creating several different kinds of communities. But one of them, ones that have been most notable to me has been Shrive With Me, um, kind of your mm-hmm. online community, um, which correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like it started off as a blog. I mean, you can go into mm-hmm. it if you like. And then it seems like it's now just, it's growing steam and it's so much more. I'd love to just get kind of your perspective on, on what was it like when you first started and then kind of, yeah. uh, you know, after what well, it's been six years, what is it like now?
1: Thank you. So Strive With Me started as a personal development blog called Pursuit of Passion. And it was really me on WordPress. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to log and share and explore these topics of personal development because I'm interested in it um, and I'm a big nerd. And maybe other people are interested. Maybe they're not. But I want to explore it and kind of like see my progress over the years. Then I developed a fear of writing because, like many of us, I want people to like me, and I had a lot of anxiety and insecurities about my writing. So, like it, it was very consistent then, and sometimes it is still now. But it went from a personal development blog, and I realized, you know, what I don't know it all in personal development. I'm not going to pretend like I know it all. I want to have other people's voices, so not only can I share what other people are learning, I can learn from them. So then, I rebranded it to Strive with Me to become a personal development publication, okay. and then even then, it like I, as I kept working on it and connecting with people, and as I worked on my personal development, which is usually when things are quiet, is like I'm like, oh, I need to work on myself, right, and go on a little hiatus. And I realized that you know I'm very passionate about social impact and and community building, as you mentioned. I want to figure out how to how to break down the barriers that people have when it comes to personal development. Because it's a lot. It's a lot of fucking hard work. Yeah. (laughs) Right? It's a lot of uncomfortable conversations. It's a lot of like hours, like whether it's writing, meditating, asking yourself questions, confronting people in your family. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a very lonely experience. And I didn't want people to be lonely about it. And I also wanted people to think about their role in the world and how they can make an impact. And so where STRIVE is today, I think follows the evolution of my personal development and journey as a social entrepreneur, which is making a platform to making personal development and social impact more accessible to people. So doing an event series called STRIVE Conversations about uncomfortable topics like sex education, anti-racism, mental health in the Asian American community and things like that, that I thought were really important. And I found out, similar to what we were talking about earlier, oh, other people were interested in this. Other people want to have these conversations. Who knew people wanted to talk about sex and and wanted to hear three women's perspective on how to normalize sex conversations. Like, oh, people in the Asian American community want to have conversations about anti-racism as a response to the Black Lives Matter movement. Let's come together and have a conversation, share resources and support each yeah. other. Proud of that.
0: I've been following, you know, for the last, I want to say loosely for the last like year and a half, maybe two years now, mm-hmm. time, time, like without all this. I'm what just, is like,
1: time anymore? Yeah. Besides like, uh, something we track for ourselves. Yeah. Right? I mean, like three
0: months ago, I was 19. So, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but now from what I followed and what I've seen, it is really cool to see kind of engagement, you know, when you think, at least when I think of community, I always think about engagement and, and how do people within a community engage with each other. And at least when you look at Strive With Me and, and kind of what you're doing with the series and everything, it really seems that people are engaged and people are coming together to, again, have those conversations that you might not necessarily think about like every day but it's just like mm-hmm. hey i know this is an important conversation i think we should have it it might not be the one that you might guess is the important conversation at the time but but it is also yeah. an important conversation it also needs to be had so i think that's really cool that you guys are, are bringing everything together also as a as a kind of a comment i know that you know maybe one of the videos that you did uh, in addition to some of the the kind of writings and stuff that you've been putting out there was, you know, really just about, I guess, grounding yourself. And so I just want to say like, thank you. You know, that, that really was needed for me. You know, I'll I'll share in the the show notes if it's okay with you, because I I think just, it it was, it was nice uh, to have someone to say like, look, like take the time you need, you know, do the things you need to do. To, to get right. So yeah, that's a, that's a side, but I just want to say thank you for the work that you did uh, and the work that you keep continue to do through Shrive with me. So, so yeah.
1: Thank you.
0: No worries. Um, Yeah. I, I guess a, a question I did have, you know, we, we talk about the Philadelphia community, Philadelphia area, you know, one of the things that I hear, at least from my, my friends that have since moved from the city and, and since gone to other places is, you know, Oh, like you can't be that successful in Philadelphia. Oh, like Philadelphia is such a small city. Like, you know, there's no growth there. I personally disagree, but you know, instead of me, you know, rambling on for like 45 minutes about why I disagree, I'd love to get your perspective about your success and kind of, do you see it as a result of Philadelphia uh, or the area, um, even if you don't, uh, you know, I'm also intrigued to to hear why, you know, maybe why not. But I'd love to get that take as, as you are someone who's been in the Philadelphia community, been in the Philadelphia tech community, uh, which is even smaller still and growing and rising.
1: Yeah, I think, well, first in your question, I think the word success means different things to different people. And when you're in the entrepreneur space, especially tech space, as you mentioned, we're told that success looks like getting a lot of funding, which is really going into a lot of debt in a business world, is being printed in magazines and in the media, which can also be the press being very like paying attention to your every move, for whether that's great or not. So you have to be very careful with how you articulate your yourself and, and run your business. So I think your answer is going to change depending on how they the, the the receiver views success. Um I've been so blessed to to be able to do so many great things, meet so many amazing, amazing people that I view as successful, right? They may not. But I'm like, nah, you're, you're there. You're there. I think what it really is about in general is that there are opportunities all around us, right? Like if you're asking, is there funding in Philadelphia? The answer is yes. Right. From a tech perspective, the answer is yes. Is there as much funding as there is in Silicon Valley or New York? Probably not like, like point blank, there isn't. Um, Is there a lot of opportunities in, I don't know, like, The the scooter business uh, in Philadelphia—I don't know. Probably not compared to like cities like San Francisco and LA, that like everyone's outside all the all the time, right? Corona or not. But that's just my opinion. So, so there are opportunities all around us, and and I think that it's really up to people whether or not they that opportunity is right for them, right? And for me, I believe I had to work on myself to not only. Recognize these opportunities, but take advantage of them. And I think the area of Greater Philadelphia. And again, since I work in economic development, I knew a lot of the elements and resources that most people probably didn't know. And like you, I put in the work to like connect to investors, connect to like top CEOs and executives of of startups and and local businesses and even corporations. So it's not unheard of. It's just more so, what are you willing to do? and whether or not those opportunities are right for you. And in many ways, because Philly isn't as big and as difficult or as overly dense as New York, I was able to make a bigger name for myself. I was able to build better relationships with reporters, right, when I was working in Camden because a lot of people were paying attention to Camden and the narrative was very focused on, like, poverty porn. While we were like, yeah. hey, we're doing like we're doing business, or, like businesses are growing, we're supporting youth and community. Do you want to join us or do you want to read about like crime for like the eighteen thousand million time? Yeah. Right? And so yes, what they're saying is right. It is a big small city. But it also depends on the size of of the fish or the shark. You can be a big shark in a smaller pond, or you can be a bigger shark and and be lumped into the Million founder that an investor comes across in Silicon Valley and Tel Aviv and in London, or you can be like one of the top founders in Philadelphia, in your field, right? So it really is up to them and what they're looking for. And I'm also um, because like I originally started in community building in Camden. A lot of people were like, "Well, why not go to Philly? Why are you attracting startups to Camden?" And I said, "Listen." And I met a lot of my colleagues on the Philadelphia side. It was like, you know, like they say that you are like the the up and coming competitor. I was like, I don't see this as competition at all. Like, like it's up to you because I will be the first to like if a founder came to me and was like, "I I found funding, I found a great office space, I found my clients in Philadelphia," I will help you pack your car. <laughs> I will help you pack up your desk because it's gonna be harder for me to like keep you then send you to where you need to go. Like I want you to grow your business. I want you to achieve your goals. And that if Philly or or Silicon Valley is where you need to go, go do that. And if you can come back or or share those resources with, with us because we're still growing. And and vice versa. Like like people who are like, hey, I can't pay rent in Philly because co working because office spaces were too expensive. Right. Mm-hmm. So we are providing a, a more affordable alternative in Camden. What are the investors going to do? Like, are they going to write a bigger check? Like, like, are you, are you going to like subsidize like their rent? Like, no, you're just going to be like, okay, like you got to go, you got to do what you got to do. And so it's really up to them.
0: That's, I mean, that's, that's a really interesting, I guess, perspective you bring to it. I made the mistake even earlier in terms of how I asked the question of, of lumping Camden in with Philadelphia. But even now, I guess what, you know, I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, flash forward to now it's Camden but bec- trying to become its own thing, in terms of you know, or at least we mm-hmm. should look at Camden as its own entity, mm-hmm. um, that you know it deserves its respect as well. Um, yeah. and, and so you know, uh, I, I love how you you know kind of answer that in terms of like, well, yeah, if you want if if your image of success means, I don't know, like billions of dollars of funding, like, yeah, then maybe Philly's not it, but like, if your vision of success fil- fits into you know, what Philadelphia can can really uh mm-hmm. sustain, then yeah, by all means, this is this is the place to be there. Um and I think that's that's interesting in terms of you know being personalized and in what's right for you, not necessarily mm-hmm. what's you know right for everyone or what the good thing is. Mm-hmm. Um which actually leads me into to a couple other questions that I like to ask. Um so I'd love mm-hmm. to just kick it off by asking you like, do you think there is such a thing as the good life? This is a podcast about living your best life so uh, mm-hmm. I, w- I would love to hear your thoughts on the good life.
1: Again, I think for me my instinct is always when people ask questions or present an like a certain idea or like a like a overarching idea for me I would like to ask or try to understand like what like what does a good life mean to you, right? And and I think that we all have a different understanding of what the good life is, right? Like for some a good life is working a nine to five, making very stable, steady income for the family. Like at five o'clock, they're like, peace out. They go home with their family and they do their family business. Yeah. Like family stuff, not family, or family business, whatever they want to do, right? The good life for an entrepreneur typically is work, in, work on solving a problem um, you really love and that could mean working like 60, 80, 100 hours a week having no social life but you're so passionate about your the problem you're solving and building your company and working on your team that's what you, that's 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 a good life i think that there is such a thing as a good life i think in order to achieve it um, people need to acquire a few things um, which is not typically what i think people think of. I think in order to achieve a good life, they need to achieve things like self-awareness, gratitude, and the right degree of freedom and liberation. And whatever that means to them, that could be financial freedom, that could be like physical security, like they're in a safe space. Like if someone has a very traumatic experience, like they need to feel safe within their home and their community. They need to feel connected. So I think that a good life is very possible. It looks differently. And I think that now in the age of social media, it's been so heavily curated that that definition or that image of a good life is very skewed. Like if I'm not, if, if I am not a certain height or a certain body weight, dating a certain partner and he or she or they are spending a certain amount of money on me, if I'm not traveling on a private jet and posting all of this on Instagram and looking like fly to the nine, I don't know if people still say that, um, then I'm not living the life. But for me, it's like, no, I really like not wearing makeup unless I felt the need to. I like spending time with a partner who's very self-aware versus dumping all this money on material things and then not spending time with me. And I don't need like a closet full of shoes and handbags to make me feel fulfilled. I want to be able to connect with people and do things that I'm passionate about and explore myself. For me, like, I and it's funny because I've been on dates and I've told people, I was like, this is like, if you're looking for a certain type of relationship, if you, like like I've told people, I was like, look, again, if, if you're looking to like date a woman that is like gonna cook and clean for you, like I'm not it, like just keep it pushing. I'm the kind yeah. of person that is like, I will help you achieve all your goals and ambitions and and challenge you to be like the best version of yourself like if that's what you're looking for which also comes with a lot of very uncomfortable conversations asking deep questions which yeah. a lot of dates were like whoa that's not what I want I'm good and I'm like cool thank you for not taking space for someone that does want these things because yeah. I don't want what you want
0: I think that's important you know in terms of it goes back to what we've been talking about, you know, in being upfront front, in understanding your emotions and understanding what you yeah. want and being aware and being like, hey, look, like I'm only going to have space for people who also want these things. It's yeah. okay if you don't want these things, but that also means that it's probably not going to work out. You and know,
1: don't you know? take it personally. I yeah. think people take too many damn things personally. And, and it's like, listen, nobody cares about yourself. If it didn't work out for whatever reason that's totally fine that means that there's going to be someone else that is a much better fit for you. Yeah. And funny enough I actually have a I used when I was um online dating I had a breakup script that includes that that people hold wow. on to people and hold and try to keep them in a space that they don't want to be in and it's like no you're off they're occupying space and energy and time and part of yourself that someone would be so grateful to be a part of are you kidding me and someone would be so much a better fit but you're holding on to something that doesn't want to be there like if you I don't know if you have pets but you ever held on to like a dog or a cat that like really don't want to be there yep. like they're gonna <laughs> kick, they're gonna scream they're gonna bark they'll bite yep. you even yep. they were like held on to like a cat that was like no fuck you I want yeah. to be over here and I'm just like okay like you go to where you want to be I'm here when you want to be like like, because i choose this dog so love my dog um like i'll be here and we'll cuddle and then sometimes i'll force her to cuddle with me and then sometimes like go go be free go be free
0: I, i i fully uh agree in terms of i don't necessarily know if everyone has a match but there are definitely you know going back to what you said earlier like there are definitely people that believe in the things that you believe in. And so yeah. if, if you're with someone who doesn't, or if, you know, and not just in a relationship, like a romantic relationship, but a any friend, kind of relationship. Working
1: yeah. relationship. Let, let, yeah. let them go. Let yeah. them go. Um, yeah. A great so. resource that I think you should check out if you have not. One of my favorite, my favorite comedian, Daniel Sloss um, okay. has a great show Um, And it's on Netflix. Um, In Netflix, it's called like Daniel Sloss, S-L-O-U-S-S, live uh, late night shows. And it's a second episode called Jigsaw. And he does an incredible job of communicating. Like, if you're not like if if your person, like if if you don't love 100 percent of the person you're with, don't fucking be with them. Because there are seven billion people in the world like we with our lazy selves um and dating apps think that we're gonna find the love of our life, whatever that looks like to you, or whoever that looks like to you, in a twenty mile radius, which yeah. is absolutely yeah. insane. Like like yeah. there's there's technologies, there's cars, there's plane, like you don't need to date in your own village anymore, right? Number one, number two, um don't put on so much Pressure that your partner is your everything. Like mm-hmm. people, like like people put so much pressure on their partner. Like like I'm not happy. You need to make me happy. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, why are you not happy? Let's take a moment to think of like why are you not happy and why can't you make yourself happy, right? And yeah. and what can you do about that? And how can I help contribute but not be the source of all of your happiness? And yeah. So uh, going back to your question about the good life, I think there's a lot of pressure for a lot of people, to have it all. And what that all typically entails is a super great, high paying job that they love and like, make boatloads of money, a partner who looks ideal, able, like super attractive, spends a lot of money on them. Traveling usually is what a lot of people want, like big homes and all stuff. And I was like, I like you really have to separate what society is telling you is a good life for you and recognize that what is that look like for you and be shameless about it like for me I don't really want a big house like I've never wanted a big house I've like seen people with big houses. like there's a lot of things to clean and I don't <laughs> like to like clean unless like, I only want a big house if I can pay someone to clean this and not care about obviously care about them because they're they're a human being um, and being a good person, but not care about how much I'm spending to keep and maintain this house. And also, I never want a house because I want to be able to move. And if opportunities come, like I want to do work all over the world. And having house is too stable for me. Yeah. Right? That's shit. I have to unpack for myself. But but that's the thing. Like not everyone's the same thing. Even though we are told.
0: You have to buy a We house, are taught have so much this. yeah you have yeah. to buy a
1: house you have to do all these things yeah. and then we're not taught how to like even have credit to even buy a house and like we can only eat lettuce like that <laughs> like we can't like you can't you don't make enough anymore like pre-pandemic as like millennial or younger generation to even afford like yeah. real food um yeah. and then we don't know how to cook like it's like a whole big mess Um, But really learn what's, what that looks like for you and be shameless about it. Don't let other people pressure you like, like to post on social media, to want these things to date this person. Like you're not, that's not, that's not their life that you're living. It's your life. So make sure it's good for you.
0: I think that's so important. I could name all these various people, you know, talking about social media. I I know, you know, with the the Netflix documentary on social media and, Mm -hmm. um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of it right now
1: uh the social dilemma
0: yes the social dilemma. thank you yeah. um and, and, and you know just that aspect of like it's all algorithm you know and it's all like this computer in, in a sense oh, uh, yeah. all of it but it's just it's like you like something so then it's going to feed you back like that person's mm-hmm. thing that you liked, and now you're like in this loophole where you're like you're you're judging this person and compare yourself and then you're keep judging and you get more anxious in the press and then you keep doing it. And yeah. it's like,
1: can I share with you what has this, this simple task yeah. that has really changed the trajectory of my mental health, the way I look at myself the way I look at relationships, the way I look at the world work, all that stuff. I hear you cause I work in tech and I very much understand like, you know, like the psychology of social media and I follow the trends and, and, and under not follow, like understand the trends and all that yeah. stuff. My biggest thing is Instagram. And Instagram is like obviously a visual platform and I'm on that more than I should be. But what I did years ago was I was like, F this shit. I'm going to go through my Instagram and unfollow anyone and everyone who makes me feel bad about myself. Who makes me wanna spend money to be happy and or I don't give a crap about. Like if I'm not interested in yourself, I don't care if you're a friend. You don't post that often. And what you post is like boring. Someone follow you. So I really made sure and I was like ruthless about it, like completely ruthless. And I think people are, are like, obviously I see that as a negative, uh, see the words in a negative connotation, but you really have to be ruthless about certain things in your life. And I was absolutely ruthless about curating what I expose myself to and the simple practice of going through, unfollowing people that like, like all these accounts of like, cause I'm really big into fashion, um, really big into like all these different things like um and I went through and I just like unfollowed all these accounts and then followed things that I wanted to like being on brand like strive towards and what I want to surround myself with and what I'm interested in and I would do this cleanse every so often because I don't like to follow over certain amount of people and now it doesn't matter anyway because Instagram only shows you like
0: Five a certain like very tiny
1: percentage, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the same of five, like the most interacted accounts you have. So that so the technology is very fascinating for me, but like I really follow people that have motivational content, people that have like um, really interesting perspectives about healthy relationships. Because I was like in a number of unhealthy relationships, so I was like, how can I surround myself with messages, images, and people virtually and in real life, pre pandemic, that I wanted to be more like. I wanted to strive more like and I admire and appreciate rather than aspire to be because they have like fancy cars and 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 cute dogs that yap all the success. time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that has completely changed my attitude with things I've spent so much less money because again, these platforms are businesses, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook there. They make money when you buy stuff and they are masters of increasing your ability to buy shit. You probably don't need.
0: Yeah. Every day I'm like, Oh cool. That's something I want. And like personally I follow, um, yeah, I, I don't know whose rule it is. And If I find it, I'll put it in the show notes and I'll share it with you. But this rule of, like, if you see something online and you want to buy it, just, like, wait 24 hours. Just wait 24 hours. Oh,
1: I wait years. And if you can't get it out of your head, that's when you really want it.
0: Yeah. Whether
1: that's people with products. Like, there's even things that, like, it's funny because every time I, like, I'm very, like, a Christian shopper. I've also been, like, an image consultant because I was, like, if I want something, I have a very specific image in my head and I only will buy it with that image. And so I've gone like years before I've like bought like the watch I wanted or like these like specific pair of ripped jeans or whatever it is. And even things I, I know I want and I can probably afford, I was like, you know, I don't need that right now. No. And I think cutting down the clutter yes. um, and, and focusing my, what I am exposed to me. Right. So that's like level one of like curating your life to live your best life. Step two, if you're able to spend money, and, and you like really want to take this shit seriously is pay attention to what platform like I was on YouTube a lot like I was just watching all this content and I couldn't stand the ads especially around Halloween because I hate scary stuff and yep. so like I remember driving and they would play like Pandora and play like horror movie trailers and I'm just like terrified because I'm driving at night anyways that was a bit of trauma that came out I paid for like the YouTube subscription to like bypass all the ads and I was like this is this is great. Like all the money that I saved, like it was like, what, $15 a month? Like the money I saved on like these boring ads and the time I got back. Oh, great. Um, And then I was like, listening to like meditate. Uh, The reason why I did it is because I was listening to meditation affirmations and things like that while I was sleeping. And I didn't want that to go into my subliminal uh, subconscious. And it was like, great. Now I don't need it. So now I don't pay for it. But like really being ruthless about curating your life not so much to put yourself in a bubble to where you're not in touch with reality but being being very selective who and what you surround yourself with and being self-aware of that because a lot of like i'm sure you saw in the the documentary i haven't seen it yet because like i'm just gonna like go crazy and like delete everything (laughs) really no i'll just like go way too like introspective and it's like i can't do that right now but i do want to see it you really have to be mindful because all these platforms they want they they have so much data and information about you that they will group you with more like minded people and that is also dangerous, right? Diversity is such a beautiful thing. Diversity in thought and culture and people and experiences and stories is a beautiful thing. There's so we have so much more in common with the people that we've assumed are like different than us. That we like, completely cross them off instead of having a real conversation, instead of connecting like, oh, okay, now I understand because I've taken the time to ask questions and be curious rather than like, oh, you wore a gray sweatshirt, you yeah. sound boring, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. Like, yeah. no, like, no, absolutely not. Like, there's so much more than that.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> I guess you get to talk to me, even though I'm wearing a gray sh- sweatshirt. So, oh, wait, uh, I love a it. Sweatshirt. I love cool. it. Thank I
1: you. love the the monotone look. Yeah, but- I
0: didn't even intend for it. I just like woke up and I was like this I, I wanted to put this on and then I was like grabbing a hat right. as I ran out. I was like, "Oh, well, all right, we're going with it." Hey. That's a
1: version of the good life. You were able to make these choices based on what you felt and what you wanted, and you did it. That's a yeah. good life right there,
0: yeah, try um try trying to live it. but um, I guess you know, going off of that in terms of mm-hmm. habits and daily habits, um, you mentioned a couple things like YouTube. I also I don't know we could have a whole side conversation mm-hmm. about giving Google your money and everything. Um, <laughs> I also paid for YouTube because I was like, you know, I, I listen to motivational speaker, speeches in the morning and stuff like that and other things that I'm like, this is content that is, is productive for me and that helps me get my day mm-hmm. started. That's that's how mm-hmm. I find. That's you know, what you
1: need. Yeah,
0: it's, it, it's, but I'm curious to, to hear from you what kind of things help you live a healthy lifestyle. You know, what is your, what does a healthy day look like to you?
1: Oh god. So I'm in in a little bit of transition. So I feel like I'm like trying to recenter myself, right? Like any big changes, and and like emotional, physical, like career, anything like that you kind of like kind of need that time to transition. For me, a healthy lifestyle or a healthy day, I kind of prioritize mental health over physical health. I think now I'm at both an age and a place in my life where I want to give more attention to physical health. And and that includes working out more and eating healthier and things like that. Where I'm at, I think I'm like focusing on having time to connect with myself, having time to connect with my partner and the people that I choose because I heavily curate who I surround myself with and give my time and energy to. And learning, obviously balancing work with life. And what I mean by that is not feeling guilty exercising my boundaries, and 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 let me explain that. Especially during the pandemic, I think a lot of people really exercise um, and pay attention to the mental health, and like Zoom fatigue is a thing, and and so many so much things. I am such a big people pleaser, and I'm such a, like an anxious person because I always want to like. Like do things and prove myself to that I am capable, and I have the capacity to do it. That I usually overextend myself, and so in the last year, thankfully, before the pandemic, so during the pandemic, I was like moderately okay. When I first started, is I had to practice not shaming myself to take breaks, um, not shaming myself to like ride through those emotions, lower highs or lows, and really like learning how to self-regulate and, and comfort myself. Similar to motivation for me is like the stability. So saying affirmations like, I am good enough, I'm safe, things, are, things will be fine, like, and, and working through that for me has been part of like the healthy lifestyle that I've been practicing because the anxiety has been trying to communicate like, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. And it's communicating to me that I really want people to look at me and have these kind of impressions. and I'm also learning how to set certain boundaries, whether it's friends, professional, like intimate family of like this is what I need and 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 this is when I need it, as well as well, here's what I can give and and what I don't have the capacity for and not shaming myself for saying no or not or, or saying not not now. because I think a lot of us feel so guilty of not doing something that someone else asks us or like not setting those boundaries that we overextend ourselves and then that leads to burnout and and that burnout is physical mental professional it it leads to like all those people that like lied to you and said like oh i quit my job and like travel the world well what they didn't tell you is they saved fifty thousand dollars because they were making like hundred fifty thousand dollars And, like, they had their school paid off by their parents or someone crazy like that. Not feeling guilty for not being where I thought I would be and learning to appreciate and accept where I am. I think that, like, that's kind of where I am in terms of establishing a healthier lifestyle is recognizing when to reflect and when to take action. Because typically I'm, like, stuck in the reflection stage. And not acting. And then sometimes I'm acting and not reflecting. And so trying to balance those two.
0: Sometimes you can overthink things and then sometimes you can act without thinking enough. Um, I guess, you know, it's a two part. Um, So A, what keeps you up at night and then B, what motivates you? I think we talked about a couple things, but I would love to just ask that outright and, and get your response.
1: Yeah. I think similar to you, for me, I've kind of explored the, my journey with shame. Okay. And I think what keeps me up at night, like when it's really bad, is um, the shame when I reflect on the space between who I am now and who I want to be. Um, so on Strive before, um, I wrote about having a change me list, of a list of all the things that I want to change about myself to be the person I want to be and all that stuff. And I'm learning to be better at not pushing pushing myself to change out of self-hate and more of a desire to grow and learn and explore my curiosity. What I mean by that is in personal development, right? There's so many like content and hacks and gurus and all these people like you need to like wake up at 5 a.m. You need to do these things in order to be successful. Like this is what success looks like. And if you're not that, you're failing. And I think that's so toxic because you don't know where everyone is. You don't know what trauma, adversities they face on a daily. You don't know what history they have. You don't know what privileges they have. So to say that you need to do these things comes from a place of privilege that you have not only the tools and resources, but the mental and emotional and physical capacity to do these things. I'm not saying it's not possible, and I'm not saying like all these things are bad for you or anything like that. It's just evaluating what works for you, right? And so for me, like I had to really reflect on that and try to like calm that anxiety and deter and try to really reflect on my motivation of of like why I'm so motivated to 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 become this person is because I was told like I'm still. I'm still processing this, like all the things I said of like, don't do this, don't do this. Like, I'm still working it out. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think I have it all figured out. You're capturing me at this part of my journey, like, like it's it's different for everyone and anyone. So being able to mo- like understand the motivate like what really motivates me and and whether that's healthy or unhealthy. And I think similar to other people, things like past traumas and mistakes, not not being myself up over it, like learning to heal and forgive myself for the mistakes I thought were the right choices at the time, but may not be now that I'm at a different place in my life.
0: It's been, I don't know, I I can't say enough. It's been a tough year. But also when you when you think about it, really like, just life in general, it brings up so many different obstacles and challenges. I don't think, you know, I, I think especially because of this year, that we really get to sit down and assess that and really understand that. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people, I, my hope is at least a lot of people are taking this time and understanding that um, now more than ever with, you know, some of the challenges and realizing that like, even after COVID, whenever that happens, even after this pandemic, that, you know, it's okay to be, you know, just to be there and and to, to heal and let yourself heal and, and say, like, hey, like that was a rough time. That was a rough instance. That that was something rough happened there. Now it's okay to just breathe and and get right before you even go and try and do the next thing or try to get the next level of success. Cause I, I think that, you know, especially in the US and, and kind of, you know, the, the capitalist society that we're in, that, you know, we're driven by many different external measures where it's like how much money you have or or the job you have or things you do like the outputs you know even i'll I'll, you know i'm not gonna lie even this podcast in in a sense um part of it was just kind of you know i wanted to create something in the world i wanted to put something out there in the world and and that's a motivation you know for me it's just you know for my family to say like hey look i did this thing in the world um so i think it's it's interesting kind of how you talk about um you're dealing with the shame and guilt of saying wait now like understand that it's a journey and it's a process and it's not going to happen overnight
1: i think you're right it's it's the expectations it's the yeah. expectations and the standards we set for ourselves and that could be influenced by our family our history our relationship our friends that's why like i really believe that who and what you surround yourself with is so important because that slowly either chips away at you or helps build you up. If you're not careful with that, no matter how confident you are in yourself, they they, they have influences micro and macro on on your expectation and your standards and if it's too high or unrealistic, then you're constantly chasing a goal that you know you would never reach. And and for some, including myself, that is a, uh, like, that stems from the trauma, that's a coping mechanism, like, that that is a motivator. Like, like, the goal, the goalpost keeps moving, right? And it's, like, my drive to keep reaching it, even though I'm the one that keeps moving it. And I'm never fully satisfied, right? And a lot of us are in this, like, hamster wheel when we believe that we're making progress, but we're really not.
0: Until I guess uh, society changes as a whole, (laughs) you know, I guess we'll keep, we'll keep going on the hamster wheel, which is an interesting way to transition to my my last question. A lot of people are going through transitions, especially when it comes to jobs and careers. I love to just get your take on, given everything that you've done, you know, with Strive with me, uh, you know, with, you know the other aspects of your life that you, you, you know, you've been a founder uh, at coworking spaces and and, and whatnot, you know, as you look upon what you've done, you know, what's one piece of advice you could give to someone who's thinking of like making the next step, making the leap. You know, I'd love to hear your Mm -hmm.
1: thoughts. So I have one advice and one ask. Uh, My advice is, for anyone that's in the position or wherever you are in your personal development journey, is to lead with curiosity. Like, really ask yourself, what do you want to learn, both about yourself and whatever field or topic you're into, and really explore that. Right? Like, if you're in a career transition, like, ask, like, what do you really want to? What do I really want to learn? Like, a lot of us focus on what I really want to do, but you can do things that you're like, I don't really give a shit about this. Like, I'm just <laughs> doing this to like get my check, yeah, right?
0: Pay the bills. And, and that's
1: totally cool too. Like, like what, like your priorities are, like, you know, to like put food on the table and like take care of yourself and pay rent. Like, that's all very important. Like, don't get me wrong. But if you have the capacity and some level of privilege, try to explore what you're really curious about and what you really want to learn and what, and, and that opens a lot more doors into different fields or different opportunities that you may never have thought of because you were so focused on doing the task. And the ask is, if you can, while you're doing this, try to help others along the way. Because so there are people that I think we all feel like there's someone that's like so much more successful, so much more attractive, doing so much farther along in their career. Also forgetting to look back, and it's the only way I like to look back, is to see who else can i like either bring along or like hey i want to do this struggle let me make this easier for you like i love meeting female founders and like hey shake my hand and they're like what and they're like yeah i was like yeah shake my hand like it was so nice to meet you and they do like i call it the noodle and like when because like guys typically when they're in business they're taught like how to shake their hands like from fathers or male figures or whoever women aren't typically so so i've had shaking some hands where they do like the noodle and they're just like oh here like they just give you oh, the hand and yeah. i'm just like <laughs> like i'm just like what is that or they'll do this like for i'm so sorry for those that are only listening i think it's called a flaccid hand like, it's yeah. like 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 your arm's completely fast like when you shake it you're just like what like like i could like just drag them and they would just fall yeah. or they'll like put their hand um up as if i'm about to kiss it and so i look at them like do you want me to kiss your hand like is this <laughs> like like the renaissance i'm what was that like i'm obviously a lot nicer when this happens because i understand it's not their fault but i'm just like trolling at this point so i would say like hey just want to let you know like you, you need a firmer handshake because this does leave an impression and so like i'll give them like certain tips and things like that and they're like oh no one's ever taught us that uh, or oh, no one's ever said that I was, like yeah like yeah. this is a very common thing that I've had conversations about with female founders or, or they're like super like soft with it. I was like, no, like shake it. Like you mean it. Um, like, like, like firm, but not crushing. You don't need to be like super aggressive, but like, like learning, like little things like that makes a huge difference. You
0: know, I appreciate everything you've, you, you've done for the city of Philadelphia and also uh, Camden as well in, in terms of the, you know, your roles in the tech scene. But I also really thank you for, you know, what you've done for both my personal development and, you know, a bunch of the people out there that are probably, you know, strivers and, and striving for something greater um, than themselves. So thank you again, Melissa. I appreciate you coming on the show and, and, and just sharing your wisdom and knowledge.
1: Thank you for your curiosity and, and not being afraid to ask the questions. I think we need, to, we need more people like you that are curious asking questions and you're not just just doing the work so thank you
0: for having me and that's the show thank you for listening be sure to give the podcast a review or rating on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening also make sure to come back in two weeks for my convo with sia mccabe fellow honoree of the YPC Spotlight Award. As always, be sure to live, laugh, and learn.